This episode is brought to you by Lorem Ipsum, an email newsletter that I really enjoy. It brings pop culture to your inbox once a day. Now, I don't spend a lot of time keeping up to date on the latest millennial catchphrases, but thanks to Lorem Ipsum, I now know the real meaning of Netflix and chill. You can subscribe at lorumipsum.wtf. And if you can't spell that, just send me a text, 646-779-1234, with the letters WTF, and I will respond with a link to what may be one of the most offensive sign-up pages. If you would like to sponsor the podcast, you can send me a text at that same number or email me at matt, M-A-T-T, at dybpodcast.com. Welcome to Doing Your Business with Matt Hartman. I'm Matt Hartman. Today's episode is going to be a debrief of interviews with Eric Chang from Hellman Chang. I really hope you enjoyed them. Now, when I started this podcast, I decided I wanted to have a very close relationship with the people who listened to it. So I gave out a phone number for people to text or leave me voicemails. The number is 646-779-1234, by the way. And I asked people to leave me voicemails with comments, analysis, feedback, anything really. And I wasn't sure if people were going to want to do it. I was totally floored by your responses. I'm so excited. Thank you. There was also a wonderful Medium post written by Emmanuel Quarty, who talked about not only this episode, but also about how I'm texting with people and asking for voice feedback. He made a really great suggestion, which is to make sure that in the voicemail, you include a one-sentence bio, maybe a Twitter handle, so that people listening can have context and even potentially connect with each other. By the way, Emmanuel's Twitter handle is at E-Quarty, Q-U-A-R-T-E-Y, and he's a tech entrepreneur in Ghana. Crazy, right? I'm so excited about it. So after doing the interview with Eric, the thing that I found most interesting was his focus on brand. And specifically what he said was that he didn't want the furniture to have to stand on its own. There may be a pun in there about furniture standing on its own. His strategy was to connect all of those pieces of furniture together through the brand that he was building. And that reminds me a whole lot of a social network in technology. So in the case of furniture, if you're choosing between two identical pieces of furniture and one is associated with a brand that has sold in the Four Seasons, that has been on the set of Gossip Girl, you're going to attribute a higher value to that piece of furniture and you're more likely, all things being equal, to pick that piece. It's not so dissimilar from two different social networks, one that has a bunch of your friends on it and one that doesn't, you are more likely to pick the social network that has your friends already on the platform, all things being equal. So I posed that observation on a new app called Anchor FM and got some great responses. Matt, I love the podcast and I love this wave because now you have me thinking about all the different similarities that might exist between businesses that maybe look nothing alike. Uh, for example, you talk about uh, the brand of Helm and Chang being made up of all the individual pieces of furniture, right? And you compare it to a network being made up of all the individual nodes uh, within that network in aggregate. And as I was listening to the podcast, I, I started to notice some similarities as well uh, between Helm and Chang and, and, say, a tech product or a mobile product. Um, for example, he talks about all the different things that he does, all the services, right, that they bake in to make buying as easy as possible, like picking the customer up at the airport. Um, 
all of these things designed to move the customer down the funnel as easily as possible. And in tech products, we do the same thing, right? We make onboarding as easy as possible. We make the buttons as clear and as intuitive as possible because we want to drive the customer down the funnel. And I'm sure there are many others. Thanks so much, Mike, for what I think is a great insight. The next message is from Kristen. Well, first of all, Matt, congrats on uh, your podcast. I listened to the first episode and I loved it. And my favorite piece of that first episode was within the last few minutes of the cast. Uh, uh, So Chang was talking about branding and doing your work with passion and that brand, in a sense, should drive passion, that there should be a relationship there. Um, He was also talking a little bit about creating a story behind a product. So my question is, do you agree that the consumer is looking for an experience in purchasing in addition to or maybe even ahead of the item itself? Kristen, thank you so much for the feedback and for the great question. I was equally surprised when Eric talked about how much the service mattered. But then I got to thinking about all of these other categories that we deal with every day where service matters. Anything from going to buy a cup of coffee, if someone's not particularly nice or it takes too long to buy, you might not go back, to things like Spotify, where some people like the fact that it's social. Other people prefer the Apple Music app because it's a brighter design. It's white background with darker text. And so in that case... They're making a decision not only on the product they're going to consume, coffee or music or a piece of furniture, but also on the way that it was delivered to them, the service. Matt, I listened to part one of the podcast. Um, Congrats on launching. I know it's been a little while in the making, but glad to see it finally out in the open. I really enjoyed the first episode. I also commented something similar on Product Hunt, but I just think it's interesting to hear how entrepreneurs who aren't venture-backed kind of approach the early days of their business. There's so much in blogs and podcasts about how these venture-backed CEOs think about the early days of their business, but I think it's refreshing to hear about entrepreneurs who kind of have to focus on making money from day one. So thinking about building a brand, customer retention, margins, expenses, all those things from day one, I think that's applicable to you know a much wider array of people who might discover this podcast. Kunal, thank you so much for the feedback. I'm really glad to hear this is resonating both with people who are creating these kinds of offline businesses and also people who are in technology who are interested in the offline businesses. The next voicemails are about the podcast itself, and so they may get a little bit meta. Hey, Matt. Congratulations on the podcast. My question for you is sort of a high-level strategy uh, question. Who do you think your ideal target audience is for the podcast? Obviously, in its early days, it's going to be the tech community, and maybe that's the answer. Uh, You obviously have a lot of connections in the tech community, but I also feel like these interviews are... Um, globally applicable enough to pretty much any industry that maybe you wouldn't want to restrict yourself to just tech. So, you know, five episodes or even five seasons of this podcast down the road, who would you want to be targeting and what's your strategy for how you're going to go about trying to get those people? Nir, thanks so much for the question. Part of the reason I'm doing this podcast is because I'm interested in understanding what some of the difficulties are, what works, what doesn't with podcast distribution. So my current plan is to do two things. The first is to appear on other people's podcasts, and hopefully that creates awareness about my own. And the second thing that I'm going to do is try to get into email newsletters. Those are the distribution channels. 
In terms of the target audience, I agree it's going to start with tech people. But I also hope to expand that to people who are running their own businesses. I picture people who are reading Entrepreneur or Inc. Magazine as people who might be interested in the podcast. The next voicemail is from Jordan Linville, and he's a friend and entrepreneur who went through the Techstars program in Chicago. He started a company called Buzz Digital and then a coupon website called Bellafind. So when I Googled him today to include the background for this voicemail? Well, this morning I saw there was a press release that his website, Bellafine, was acquired by React2 Media. So Jordan, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of what I'm sure has been a very busy couple of weeks working on the acquisition, not only to listen to my podcast, but also to take the time out of your day to call in. Let's hear what Jordan had to say. Hartman. Hey, it's Jordan Linville. I just got done listening to the trailer and the uh, first episode here on my drive out to Massachusetts. So I've got a lot of time. I actually wish you had a ton more episodes. Um, and uh, thought a little bit about my feedback. Um, so, so first off, love the topic. Um, I think uh, bootstrapping, you know, it just kind of classic entrepreneurship has not gotten near enough attention. And um, I've actually have a, a list of books I want to write. One of them's called Early Days, and it's all about like that first year of businesses that are bootstrapped, not the ones that raise VC because we know what the first year looks like there, but. Um, you know, how they got from like zero to a million. And I think that will overlap a lot with what, uh, the stuff you're talking about. So I'm, I'm really interested to hear, uh, some of the future stuff you're doing. Um, we'll definitely be a loyal subscriber. But, um, the episode with Eric, um, really liked it. Cool. I mean, like, cool story. Um, my favorite part was when you asked him, hey, what, what did you tell your first year and your second year? And I was like, hard hitting question. I was already totally thinking about it in my head. Um, and I think there's kind of some standard questions that people will have as they, as they listen to these things. And one of them is probably around like, Oh, how'd you get that idea? And idea generation. Um, as an aside, I also, uh, the, the audio was great. Like I could hear it really well. Um, I find your voice particularly like calming. I hope that didn't make it weird, but it's true. You have a like natural radio voice. Um, the only bit of, uh, feedback I'd have is, you know, Eric's story was sort of like, hey, I had this successful startup and you could kind of pursue my passion. And most people don't have a passion that they do in the garage, like nights and weekends around craftsmanship, um, are, you know, not so lucky to have. I would have loved to hear more about like that first one. And I think your future episodes will probably be a little bit more along those lines. Um, and then a little bit, you know, about the mo- motivations where people don't have this intrinsic, like artisanal passion. Um, and I think that will kind of be natural since I think he's more the exception than the rule, I guess. Um, but that was the only thing I was, I was thinking, uh, but still a really cool story, um, because he had that. So, uh, yeah, man, keep at it. I look forward to future episodes and, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Jordan, thank you so much for leaving me a voicemail. Again, he called 646-779-1234 to leave me that message. First of all, I am really glad that you find my voice calming. That's great. I want to address a specific point you made about Eric's first business being successful and that the second one he was following his passion. Clearly, he was excited about the first business, but it wasn't sort of this main passion. What some people talk about is why you start a company. And there are a lot of people who say, don't start a company for the sake of doing it. You know, you're a fan of startups or you want to be an entrepreneur, but you don't necessarily have the idea. Those same people will sometimes say, only start a company because you absolutely feel like you have to. You just have no other choice. And be passionate about the particular category. 
I think there are t- different reasons that people start these companies. Some people start companies because they want to be self-reliant. They don't want to have someone else deciding whether or not they are going to have a job next month or next year. And they feel like they can have the most impact on that by owning their own business. And I think that is just as noble a reason to start a company as because you have this passion that you want to pursue. What's amazing is that we live in this time where you can say, I have an insight about an industry. I have a passion. It can be either of those things. And I want to be able to do that full time and and pay my own salary doing that. Yes, Eric is passionate about furniture and handcrafted furniture specifically, but I think Eric's also just excited to build new things. I think the businesses that are started out of passion for creating a product and businesses that are started out of a passion for wanting to create a business can actually both be very, very successful. Jordan, the other thing that I took away from your feedback, which I'm definitely going to incorporate, is the consistency of questions across lots of different businesses. It's funny, you'll start to hear this over time with the interviews that I'm doing. I've already recorded several of them, and so I'm starting to see it, but I just haven't released all of them. I'm still editing. You start to see that these businesses look a lot alike. You're totally right. There's this founding story. This is how did you get to your first X, whether that's your first $100 of revenue or 100 customers or a million users. Thank you again, Jordan, for your feedback. This is really cool. The next person calling in is also an entrepreneur. He had been the CFO of a division of a printing company and had some issues with temporary labor because sometimes you have to scale up or scale down the number of uh, temporary uh, employees you have. And he ended up leaving a few months ago and co-founding a new company called Uptime, which helps solve his own problem. Uh, really neat. Let's see what he had to say. Hey, Matt, it's Paul Baker. Just want to give a call and leave some comments. I thought the podcast was awesome, but you guys did an awesome job. And uh, the topic was very interesting. I think some of my favorite parts of the of the podcast were learning a little bit about how the uh, the furniture and design industry works and how um, he was targeting the interior designers and the top guys and, and the number of units need to sold to sell and how many clients they had per year. I thought that was, uh, was especially interesting. I also like the, uh, the lead in for part two. So breaking into two parts was good. And, uh, and now I know what I'm getting into for part two and definitely be listening, but sound quality was awesome. Questions were good and you picked a great first guest. So just want to tell you how I thought you did awesome and, uh, can see the, can see this being the first of many. All right. Uh, good luck. Paul, thank you so much for the awesome feedback. I have been debating internally with myself, I guess, whether I should do these as one episode or two, because in one episode, they end up being kind of long, like 45 minutes. Two episodes, I can say this, the kind of more generalized stuff is at the beginning, uh, in the first episode, and then if you want to dive into deep details, that's an episode two, and each one stays under around 25 minutes, and for me, that's my commute, so I like having podcasts that are about that length. If you guys have any thoughts on that, send me a text, 646-779-1234. The next voicemail is from Eric Chang from Hellman Chang. He listened to the podcast and then called in and left a voicemail. Let's see what he had to say. Hey, Matt, Eric Chang from Helm and Chang here, uh, calling you from outside the country, uh, my first vacation in about four years. But uh, not to be biased or anything, but coming from a point of total bias, great first couple of episodes. I uh, still can't believe you didn't invite me to your bar mitzvah. So whenever you decide to get hitched and settle down, I'm fully expecting a singing telegram as my invitation. All right, man. Great job. Keep up the good work. Thanks. 
Eric, thanks so much for the feedback. You will definitely be getting your singing telegram one day. That concludes our first voicemail-based episode. I hope you liked it. Please give me feedback on it, again, through text or voicemail. My number is 646-779-1234. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Hartman. The podcast is at DYB Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening. Talk soon.